The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Doing well, my friend. Doing well, thanks. A seismic shift in electoral politics last night in Alabama. The Democrat, yes, I'm not saying this wrong. The Democrat, Doug Jones, I can't believe I'm saying this in one respect, but as I'm acknowledging, I'm not saying it wrong, uh, won a United States Senate seat in Alabama, a, uh, a a state Trump won by more than 20 points. So, you know, most of you are already familiar with the background on this, but, uh, and I, you know, I don't want to beat you up with it. You're going to get tons of coverage on it today. And one of the things I like about this show is we give you stuff you're not going to get everywhere else. But I think I have a couple of points that are critical takeaways from what happened last night. So, uh, you know, Roy Moore, obviously a troubled candidate, accusations about him, you know, trying to date teenagers when he was in his 30s. Uh, they, they, they just uh, the Washington Post ran the story a while ago. Most of you are familiar with it. Just basically crushed him. Uh, so here are a couple of takeaways from this. Uh, number one, if conservatives were whiners. Like liberals are, which we're not. So I put out this morning in a tweet, Joe, we would say the Chinese colluded in Alabama to win the election <laughs> with Doug Jones. You know, uh, I, I congratulate Trump for taking the high road and saying, hey, he won. A win is a win uh, in his tweet. That's it. It's it. Let's move on. Time to move on, folks. Okay. Uh, Doug Jones won. Uh, let's not be like the whiny, pathetic, sourpuss, snowflake liberals. The Russians did it. I mean, and listen, I'm tired of that nonsense. The guy won. Now, the good news is, if there is some good news for this, this is a special election, folks. It's not a six-year seat. Every Senate seat in a standard election is a six-year term. Not this one. This was a special election to fill the void left by Jeff Sessions, who was the senator from Alabama, when he left to become the attorney general. The remainder of his term is three years. In other words, Jones will be on the ballot again with Trump in 2020. The Democrat. Meaning, and I could be wrong, you know, we'll see in three years. Obviously, these are all taped. Uh, He doesn't have a snowball's chance in Hades of winning this seat again. So for three years, we're going to have to deal with a Democrat in Alabama, uh, really similarly to the the, the Democrats having to deal with Scott Brown in Massachusetts uh, when he beat Martha Coakley, Joe, when the Republican won in deep blue Massachusetts in, Joe, a special election. Mm -hmm. So, you know, folks, is it great news? No, obviously not. But the sky's not falling. Um, This was not a referendum on Trump as the media people. You know, I mean, the hack, disgusting media will be out there. Oh, my God, it's a referendum on Trump. America hates Trump. This was not a referendum on Trump, okay? This was a referendum on more. How can I show? I I can prove it to you. There were some numbers thrown out this morning. One of them I picked up on, which I think is particularly uh, salient that you should should keep in the front of your mind whenever talking, uh, whenever you're talking about this race. You know, married women with kids who, who folks married women with kids, you know, regardless of the state blue or red they live in, typically vote Republican in many cases. It's a lot of the uh, single women who will vote Democrat uh, in much larger percentages for the Democrat than they will Republican. Makes sense. So if you're single, oh, yeah. basically, you have a much higher likelihood based on probabilities and historic election numbers yeah. of voting Democrat than Republican. Well, um, in this case, that was actually reversed. Uh, married women with kids voted uh, in large numbers for Doug Jones, mm. uh, almost in greater percentages there than single women did, which says they had a serious problem with these allegations. Now, folks, my take on the Moore election, which I still have the same take today, I'm consistent on it the entire time, is you weren't going to get Moore off the ballot. It was too late. 
the campaign was obviously compromised at that point, regardless of the uh, the the accuracy or or truthfulness of the allegations. It was compromised. I don't does anybody dispute that? And I made the point to Joe that let the voters of Alabama decide. There was nothing. What else, Joe? What else was there to do? No, that's the right way to go. It was nowhere. To, it was it was the only right. It was the only way. It reminds me of. Um, the Miami Vice remake, which I, I know got panned, the Colin Farrell, Jamie uh, Foxx remake of Miami Vice. Critics yeah. hated it. I loved that movie. I thought it was great. I was entertained start to finish. And uh, they're dealing with that that Jose Euro. They call me Coachy Loco. You know what that means? <laughs> Crazy pig. And they're like, he's like, I like uh, we're going to do this deal. And then Colin Farrell says, this is the only deal. <laughs> this was the only deal. There was no way to get more off the ballot. It was the only deal. Let the voters choose. If the, the voters, I have an uncle who lives in Alabama and Dothan. They're, these are very smart people. In contrast to the uh, the 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 stuck up nose in the air, you know, bubble uh, pajama boy liberals who want to paint everybody who lives in the South as a bunch of idiots. These are smart people. Let them pick. They made the choice they wanted. They wanted at least for three years someone other than more. I don't think they wanted Doug Jones. I just don't think they wanted more. It, it's over. They picked them. They're smart folks. They made a decision. We stuck with this guy for three years. He's a he's a pro-abortion guy. He is a, a, a socially liberal as humanly possible. He's going to vote to hike your taxes. But that was their choice. So now we live with it and we move on. Now, here's my fear. And I'm going to move on after this year. My fear here is that McConnell, and by the way, Mark Levin on his Facebook page has a, a quick but brilliant takedown of McConnell. It was McConnell, by the way, folks. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, the king the not even the king joe the intergalactic emperor of the swamp rats mitch mcconnell <laughs> who saw early on that uh, the, a conservative candidate may take the seat from his chosen one luther strange uh, and that conservative candidate was not roy moore the conservative candidate who levin likes and i liked as well was mo brooks who was going to uh, would have beaten uh, Luther Strange because of all the things with him and the Luther Strange was appointed in the seat by a governor who left office, who was a Republican. There was controversy surrounding Strange. Mo Brooks would have won and beaten Roy Moore. But McConnell, seeing the threat was Mo Brooks, squashed Mo Brooks right away because that's what swamp rats do. So McConnell essentially handed the primary to Roy Moore is what he did and essentially handed the seat later on to Doug Jones. So you can thank McConnell. Nice job, Mitch. Well done, Mitchie. Happy Good now. Good job, Daddy-o. <laughs> Unbelievable. Really, this guy's incredible. He does so much damage up there, up on the hill. So McConnell handled him. Now, here's my concern. My concern is that by McConnell, uh, McConnell now thinks he won twice because he got rid of uh, Roy Moore. He's got a Democrat, which sometimes I think he wants. I think he wants to be in a minority. But secondly, McConnell really can't stand Tea Party conservatives. He can't. He hates them. He, he just thinks they're the worst. The rabble rousers. He can't stand the Mike Lee, Ted Cruz types. He doesn't like them. You know why, Joe? Because they have principles. <gasps> we have Spider-Man. What? <laughs> what principles <laughs> they hate principles mike lee and ted cruz and Rand paul are principal people they don't want that they want to be able to sell their cabooses whenever they need it you know to, for lobbyists for maintenance of power to avoid controversy to not get into fights with the media they don't like that 
So they don't want these people in office. So now he's going to use this Roy Moore loss in a, in a blood red state to say, and I know it, Joe, here's, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Look, you need to follow our advice, the swamp creatures, because we win and we'll get the right people in office. Totally disregarding the fact that Mike Lee, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul have done a lot, by the way, fighting against the swamp rats to change the status quo in D.C. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? Uh, yeah, I can hear They're it. Gonna, you know it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to go, uh, look what happened. Look, you didn't listen to us. You didn't listen to us about Strange. You nominated this guy. And No, no, Mitch, you nominated that guy. We had Mo Brooks, okay? You nominated that guy, you dope. Not us. And read Levin's Facebook page because, he, 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 you know, it's short but sweet. It's just a complete takedown of McConnell. He's the one who gave you this. So don't let Mitch now turn around and go, you see, you Tea Party types, you're ruining it for everyone. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, this drives me crazy. Oh, hey, did, last night, this story broke. This was crazy. I'm sitting at home, and I am... Um, folks, it's killing me. I hate to complain, but I cannot go to the gym because of the stem cell thing, which is going nice, by the way. My right shoulder's still struggling a little bit, but I, I feel like I'm getting some uh, some real good improvement out of it. And I can't work out. It's making me nuts. So last night, I'm sitting in bed. I'm, I'm, I'm a total jelly donut now. I'm, I'm, I'm a big goo box. I'm losing strength. Mm. I... I I don't put these out, obviously, but I took a picture of myself yesterday Mm -hmm. because I wanted to remember how horrifying I look right now (laughs) later on (laughs) as motivation to get my butt back in the gym the minute I got three more weeks to go and it's driving me crazy. So, of course, I go to bed early because I'm just miserable and I'm like, what do I do? And I'm sitting in bed and I'm watching this and I see the story breaks about the text messages uh, were released between that that FBI uh, senior official, Peter Strzok. And his mistress, Lisa Page, who were mm-hmm. both on the Trump investigative team and the Hillary, uh, well, Strzok at least, was on the Hillary email investigation and interviewed Mike Flynn. So this guy, Strzok, I know most of you know this, and I'll put a story from the Daily Caller, which is damning in the show notes today. I strongly encourage you to look at it. This guy, Strzok, who folks, let's just be clear who this guy was. He was a senior official within the FBI in charge mm-hmm. of counterintelligence. This guy interviewed and was a pivotal figure in the Hillary Clinton email investigation. This guy was also a pivotal figure on the Trump special counsel investigation. This guy was also a pivotal figure in the interview of Mike Flynn, Trump's national security advisor, who was charged with false statements, the equivalent of felonious mopery on the open seas. Hi. I made it right. So this guy is is the grandmaster, the 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 three ring circus uh, uh, performer of this entire act we're watching right now. Uh, uh, Strzok, Strzok was was texting his mistress, a woman named Lisa Page, over a course of a long period of time, something like ten thousand texts. You're like ten thousand texts. What the hell is this guy doing? Who texts ten thousand times? I don't know if I've sent ten thousand texts ever, no less to one person. So he's got this mistress on the side here. He's 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 doing his thing with this lady who is on the Trump special counsel investigation. She's a lawyer for the FBI, and the text messages were released last night. And folks, let me read you this one because this one should scare the crap out of you. By the way, I'm reading you what he wrote. This is not a conspiracy theory. We don't do conspiracy theories on this show. We get nasty emails from people who want us to do conspiracy theories, and we don't. Right, Joe? I've yeah. sent them to you. They're like, what? You don't believe Obama was born on Mars? No, I don't. This is real. This actually happened, this tweet. I want to read this to you, and and, and tell me what other way is there to read this other than, <gasps> what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
This is a text from this daily, the Daily Caller piece reporting from Strzok to Page. I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy's office that there's no way Trump gets elected. But I'm afraid we can't take that risk. FBI counterintelligence official Peter Strzok wrote in a cryptic text message to Lisa Page, an FBI lawyer and his mistress. He follows it up with, Joe, it's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. Huh. What the? Now, let me, let's go over this again. I read it to you. I'm going to read it to you again with a little more context here. All right. When he's talking about Andy's office, he's talking about likely... We don't know for sure, because again, these 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 texts are without context here, but it's likely based on the timeline that this was probably a meeting in Andy McCabe, the number two at the FBI's office. Now, why is that significant? Andy McCabe, who was the number two at the FBI, his wife, I believe her name was Jill, was running for a seat in local um, in uh, state Virginia politics, a state Senate seat. His wife was running for a seat as a Democrat with the full support of Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat governor, who, Joe, is a known Hillary Clinton consigliere. He's been involved with the Clintons for eons. Yep. So that, that, just to be clear on this, McCabe's wife is running as a Democrat with the support of the entire Clinton machine, the number two. So according to this text, it appears that Schrock, who is now basically one of the top FBI guys in charge of investigating Trump, investigating the Hillary email scandal and soon to interview Mike Flynn says before the Trump election, I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy's office, probably McCabe, that there's no way Trump gets elected, but I'm afraid we can't take that risk. Then he says it's like an insurance policy and the unlikely event you die before you're 40. Um, mm. Joe, I'm serious. I mean, I'm, you know, I know we do a, do kind of sarcastic show. You provide the wit. I provide the sarcasm. I'm not much of a comedy guy. You're much funnier than I am. Mm. But, um, what else? I mean, I don't understand. Like, what would, what would that mean? That's, that's what I'm trying to think of. Uh, now, I, the first part's not really controversial here. I want to believe mm. the path you threw out for consideration. That could be anything. I mean, she could she could have been in the office saying, well, if Trump wins, this could be a problem. If Hillary wins, this could be a problem for the investigation. If it, all right, fine. I mean, people chalk talk investigations all the time. But it's the last part that, sca- that should scare you, that there's no way Trump gets elected, but I'm afraid we can't take that risk. Folks, this is, the, this is the, one of the senior FBI guys responsible for investing. This is prior to the election, by the way, the Hillary email scandal. Now, here's the critical question everybody should be asking their congressmen to make sure they ask Rod Rosenstein, the DOJ, because, I, of course, Sessions recused himself in a terrible decision, the attorney general. That was an awful decision. But Rosenstein, who's now the number two at DOJ, and the FBI director, Christopher Wray. What path is she talking about? Or is he talking? Or No, actually, she, because in the text, Joe, just to be clear, mm-hmm. Strzok is saying to Paige, the mistress, I want to believe the path you threw out. In other words, you, Lisa Page. Well, what path did she throw out that the Trump election was too much of a risk? Is that, Joe, is that not a reasonable question? Mm-hmm. What path was it? What are we talking about? Folks, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to be fair here. Again, we don't do conspiracy theories, okay? But I, 
as a former investigator, I want to be realistic too. This could be entirely innocent. Could be the path you threw out is, hey, you know, Trump gets elected and there are going to be maybe some recusals in the case and prosecution would have to go this way rather than that. In other words, a process path, right, Joe? Mm -hmm. Like, here's Mm -hmm. how the process would work. Uh, That's kind of a stretch, but we'll leave it there for a second. The alternate scenario is pretty darn frightening. That the F, the number two official in the FBI, potentially in his office, has a meeting with a lawyer at the FBI, a top investigator at the FBI in charge of the Clinton email investigation that went away and the Trump investigation that was about to start. And they're talking about a path forward to what prevent Trump from getting elected. Are you, oh, oh, Wait, what? Are you kidding? Folks, this is very serious stuff. You know, justice is supposed to be blind in this country. If justice isn't only blind, but has actively got one eye open and winking towards the Democrats while they're going after and trying to handcuff Republicans. I mean, how is that any different from a police state? That's a serious question. It's not a joke. Read the article in the Daily Caller, by the way, folks. There's some others. St- I mean, th- th- this is just one of about 375 texts that are troubling. But I fa- I picked this one out because we could go on all day. There's a, a tweet about how, uh, you know, tr- Trump should lose one million to one or something, which is kind of a stupid tweet. Stroke writes, uh, Strzok writes to Lisa Page. There's other uh, 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 quote uh, quotes in there and texts in there about him being a, you know, being a loans a loathsome human. I mean, yeah. clearly they hate Trump. This one, this series of texts, I find to be the most disturbing. Now, I, I want to segue here into another just quick topic here. I got off legal insurrection, which is a really, really good, there it is right here, a really good uh, email list. William Jacobson runs it. He's a professor. He's a brilliant guy. And he writes some really amazing pieces. And he's deeply troubled by what's going on, folks, right now. And you should be too. Because we live in a constitutional republic where the peaceful transfer of power is necessary to the very maintenance and fidelity to our cause and our founding documents. If that peaceful transition of power doesn't happen and you have people that say, no, we're just not going to acknowledge, we're not going to acknowledge anymore the results of the election. We're going to sabotage government at every end, every corner. I don't know how we move forward collectively here. It means elections don't matter. It means when Democrats win elections, liberal ideas win. And when Democrats lose elections, liberal ideas still win. Now, Jacobson writes in a piece, and this is why I titled the show this today. Um, I, t- I put this, uh, no, excuse me, the title of the show is What Happened Last Night. But this is, uh, I-, I put in the show notes today another article, which is a brilliant one. Are we in the middle of a constitutional crisis? And it's, it's core focus is this piece by Jacobson where he lists out four or five bullet points that make a pretty strong case, Joe, that we're in the middle of a very serious uh, crisis in the Republic right now. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand how the Democrats want to proceed forward. I mean, what what's their next step? Arresting the political opposition? I mean, I'm serious. If this Strzok thing is real and there was some plan or path forward to interrupt the Trump election based on FBI leadership and their management of two cases, making the Clinton email investigation go away and the Trump bogus Trump Russia investigation heat up, we have a serious problem. Now, he points out a couple things. Here is uh, his points about how we're in a constitutional crisis right now. Number one, he says the apparent setup of the incoming administration on a phony Logan Act violation. Folks, this is something we've talked about over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It appears, based on writings I've seen by Byron York and Washington Examiner, based on the evidence out there, 
the Logan Act, which says that private citizens cannot conduct foreign affairs with foreign governments. It is a nonsense, ridiculous. It is, folks, listen to me. The Logan Act has never been successfully charged ever in the history of the Republic, ever, ever to anyone. We're not 10 years old. We're over 200 years old. It has never successfully been charged to anyone because it's not even constitutional. Nobody takes the Logan Act seriously. If they did, Jimmy Carter would be in jail for for going over and, and, and visiting with the Palestinians and that stuff. Jesse Jackson would be in jail for visiting North Korea. Dennis Rodman would be in jail for visiting North Korea. And Joe, Barack Obama would be in jail too. He's taking some foreign trips too or he's taking shots at Trump overseas. Right. There, the Logan Act is nonsense. It's not real. It's fake. It's, 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 it's the fake news of legislation. It has never happened. Now, when they lost the election, I don't, I don't want to redo the show I did a couple weeks ago, which people seem to like. It did really good numbers on this. But this is critical. Instead of a peaceful transfer of power like we will do to Doug Jones, the Democrat in Alabama, and we did to Barack Obama, despite knowing the guy was going to be a disaster, you turn over the reins of power. That's the way elections work. This is not a third world republic here. The Democrats never intended on a peaceful transition of power and always intended to throw a monkey wrench into the machinery of government. The Logan Act was their vehicle to do it. And that's why he leads off number one. This, I believe, was plotted from day one. From day one, they planned on somehow unmasking or wiretapping. Sorry, get a little scratch of my eye. On unmasking. Using the FISA courts, I believe this in my heart of heart, uh, heart of hearts, folks. I'm I, I'm sorry. This is I, I'm basing this on strong evidence of things that have actually happened. From day one, the Obama administration intended on using weak FISA laws, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, uh, Surveillance uh, Surveillance Act laws, and courts, the FISA courts, to get warrants to listen on the Trump team. Remember what I told you in a show about six months ago. The difference between a wiretapping warrant for you, Joe, Mm -hmm. and one using the FISA courts is one requires probable cause and one the other one doesn't. Probable cause is a high standard. Believe me, getting a federal wiretap, I was a federal agent, folks, is really, really hard. It's not easy at the criminal level. You have to exhaust almost every other option first, okay? Now- understanding they had no evidence of criminality at all. The Obama administration, folks, please follow. This is critical. They had no evidence of criminality at all. They couldn't proceed in the criminal courts. But they had another option. And their other option was the FISA courts, knowing they didn't need to produce evidence of criminality. They just needed to produce evidence of something. And what's the evidence they produced? The Logan Act. Oh, Mike Flynn and the Trump team were talking to foreign officials. <gasps> Keep in mind something that has happened during just about every campaign. I mean, remember uh, Barack Obama giving his speech over there in, uh, what was it, overseas in Berlin? Or I mean, this has happened repeatedly over and over and over again. There was no collusion to overturn an election. There was no evidence of that at all. So they had to pull something out of there, you know. So what did they do? They said, the Logan Act. These guys are talking to foreigners. There you go. We got them. Meanwhile, I, 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 I make calls overseas not that often, but does that mean I'm guilty of the Logan Act too? Joe, do you see how they had to fabricate a crime? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Them fabricating a crime using the Logan Act never charged successfully to anyone in American history. 
They wiretapped Flynn. They transcribed his phone calls. They used the transcription of the phone call. Strzok, the same guy who sent the text about this path forward in Andy's office in case Trump wins. Making sense now, Joe? Mm-hmm. They transcribed the calls between Flynn. They have the exact verbiage he used talking to the Russian ambassador under this Logan Act scam. They then walk in, ask him what he said. Keep in mind, Joe, if you and I had a conversation and I took the notes of what you said, you wouldn't remember everything. You don't even remember what you said to me yesterday. That's right. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Flynn says something that doesn't correspond exactly to the transcript. They have. In an interview that's set up under, under bogus means, no one tells him to have a lawyer there, nothing. And Flynn is in charge with the, 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 the uh, seriously, what is the jaywalking of federal crimes. And I don't mean to compare it to jaywalking. What I mean to tell you is jaywalking is a crime no one takes seriously. 1001 is the exact same. Everybody lies to the FBI. Then they get him for lying. I ask you that because was that the path forward? Was this plot mapped out before the transition of power to take down the incoming Trump presidency. So that's, sorry to say, but that was a big one. So that's number one. And Mm -hmm. Jacobson calls it the apparent setup of the incoming administration on a phony Logan Act violation. One, are we in a constitutional crisis? Point number one. Point number two, the Mueller investigation that obviously is strayed far from alleged Russian interference in the election to post-election political strategy of the incoming Trump administration. Folks, this is clear as day. There is no evidence of collusion at all. The crimes that people have been charged with and that have, have pled to have nothing to do with collusion to win an election at all, which was the only purpose of the, the, uh, the uh, special counsel. Number three. The unprecedented delay in confirming nominees that Dems didn't even object to for the sake of depriving Trump of the ability to control the bureaucracy. Folks, although it's sped up a bit, the Trump campaign uh, and now Trump presidency should have had its government functioning by now. We're almost a year and there are still there are still people waiting for confirmations there because the Democrats simply don't want a functioning government under Trump. Reaffirming a point I made on this show a thousand times, Joe, that the Democrats don't like big government. The Democrats like Democrat big government. Right. It's not Republican big government. It's only Democrat big government they love. Here's another one. The rogue elements in the intelligence community and the FBI leaking information, assuming news reports are not completely lying about their sources, which I don't think they are. I think these news sources are getting information from the IC, the intelligence community, and people within the federal law enforcement community who hate Trump so much they're willing to forego their constitutional responsibilities in order to destroy this guy. And the last one is, (laughs) and so on and so on. No, literally, he writes that in a piece. Because there's more. We go on all day. Folks, are we in a serious constitutional crisis? The answer is yes. Read the piece by Jacobson. It is a darn good one. This has been a setup from the start. And you better ask yourself that. um, I'll read this last part of the text again. There's no way Trump gets elected, but I'm afraid we can't take that risk. FBI counterintelligence official Peter Strzok. Hmm. What was that? Arsenio Hall who had that things that make you go home. Was that Mm. him? That was him who did that, right? Oh, that that was uh, that was a song. 
things that make it go. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I think Arsenio Hall had that as a segment of a show. I don't, you know the listeners; they're they're great. Yeah. They'll always they'll send it right away. Ron P will probably have a th- probably send <laughs> over a sound clip from that too. All right, folks. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget dot uh, iTarget Pro. Excuse me, iTargetPro dot uh, com. Uh, are you a shooter, a firearm owner? Are you are you thinking about buying a firearm for self defense, for hunting? Are you a law enforcement official? Are you in the military? You need to improve your shooting. Your special forces. You, you know, you're looking at. Uh, I mean, listen. This the, the spectrum of people who can use this product range from s- serious hunters and shooters and competitive shooters all the way down to someone who's buying their first firearm and says, listen, anybody can shoot a gun, but I need to learn to shoot it accurately. This product is fantastic. What is it? What is iTargetPro.com? It is a laser bullet that drops in the firearm you have now. Whatever you have. I have a Glock 43. I've got a Glock 42. I've, I've got all kinds. Of, I'm going to get a SIG 229 soon. They will send you a laser bullet. You drop it in a firearm. You have now no manipulation necessary whatsoever. Just the same gun you have now. It's not going to hurt your gun, damage your gun, anything like that. Now, it, it'll still send you a target as well. When you drop the laser bullet in the chamber and you pull the trigger, it emits a laser which will show you exactly where your rounds go. It is the best product on the market, hands down, for improving your marksmanship. You know how I know this, Joe? People are sending me their scores, screenshots of their scores mm-hmm. from their shooting when they start. It's like a video game to teach you how to shoot your own gun. Yeah. Uh, they're sending me their scores on Monday and then they're sending me their scores on Friday. And it, it's like you go from shooting a basketball to a golf ball within a week. This is an amazing product. I can't recommend it highly enough, folks. Competitive shooters, people do this for a living, dry fire. In other words, they're not at the range. They dry fire their weapons up to 10 times more than they live fire with at the range with ammo. Listen, the range is great, but it's expensive. It costs money. Got to clean your gun. It costs you time. You should go to the range, but you should be able to practice without going there as well. And this is the product for you. It's a great Christmas gift. Go to itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Make your marksmanship with your firearm go through the roof. Remember, anybody can shoot. The question is, can you shoot accurately? In the Secret Service, we used to say we're responsible for every single round. Well, I got news for you. You are too. Go to itargetpro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. Use promo code DAN, my first name, D-A-N, and you'll get 10% off. Check this product out. People love it. It's a great, great gift. It's This is super cool. I, I've been corresponding a bit with uh, the guy who invented it, and he's super happy. Our audience really loves the product, and uh, so do we. It's, I, I, I have not gotten a single single complaint a single a real one at least there was some one guy had a problem uh i think he set up the package when he opened up he put the thing in wrong but that's it people love this thing they go crazy over your marksmanship's gonna go through the roof okay uh let's see oh i love this story this is great wall street journal has a story today I, i know i beat this story up a lot but i think it's because i lived in the northeast in in Maryland and uh, in New York. And I'm just so fascinated with the nihilistic politics of blue state, Northeast blue states, how they're just so committed to destroying their own states uh, <laughs> through really devastating. Th- right, Joe? I mean, it's just like we are not, we are not going to leave office till we absolutely decimate everyone's wallet in the state of Maryland. <laughs> By the way, I do consider Maryland the Northeast. I live there. The The funny thing about the uh, state of Maryland is it's a, uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> Southerners will tell you Maryland's in the north. Northerners will tell you Maryland's in the south. It's a northeast state. I'm I'm just saying. Most people, a lot of people from New York live there. I know I'll probably get a lot of negative feedback, but I live there. Will you consider it north or south? 
Mason-Dixon line is there. I mean, I've always considered it. it technically, it's the South because it is the South of the yeah, Mason-Dixon Mason line. line. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I think it's the North. I don't know. I'd like to hear your feedback it on that. Doesn't have much me. of a South feel to it to me, though. No, no, not at all. Not no, mm-hmm. almost nowhere outside of maybe Western Maryland. No, yeah. it doesn't. Not at all. Um, but this is interesting. Piece in the Journal today talking about the continued exodus from uh, deep blue states. People fleeing in droves. The snake Pliskin of politics. Snake Pliskin <laughs> escaped from. New York, yeah. um, the the uh, Kurt Russell. I, I love that movie. Although Escape from L.A., the sequel was probably the worst film ever made. Escape from New York is still a classic. You know, there's nothing Snake Plissken wanted more than to get out of New York. It was like a prison colony to save what was it, the president's daughter or son or something like that. That people are escaping from New York and and California and L.A. So this piece in the journal gives some more stunning numbers, folks, for you liberals out there who think we're making all this up. And I titled this, The Exodus Continues, in capital letters. Illinois, Joe. Illinois, another high-tax, deep blue state, lost a record, record. This is an astonishing number. $4.75 billion in adjusted gross income in 2015. Now, that's a staggering number. 4.6. Yeah. 4.6. Do you know how many pe- how many high income earners have to leave to get an uh, adjusted jo- gross income loss of 4.75 billion? You would have to have four billionaires in your state leave, <laughs> or, or or a mm, ton of millionaires, or a really mm, mm, ton of hundred thousandaires to leave your state. It has to stink so bad that they're leaving in droves. They, 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 there's like there's a conga line of people headed out of the state of Illinois. Here's what's even worse, Joe. The $4.75 billion in AGI adjusted gross income, in other words, earners that left Illinois in 2015, yeah. is up from $3.4 billion in the prior year, in 2014. So the trend line isn't even good. It's not just that the conga line of people is leaving. It's that the conga line is growing longer and the people leaving are richer. So all the money is leaving your state and they're doing this is the best part. And I love this. Oh, gosh, do I love this story. Their top destination is... Excitement is building Florida, where I live, the Sunshine State. Of course. Of course it's Florida. Now, as I have repeatedly stated here. Oh, by the way, one more thing. The outflow. Mm. Here's where it's really troubling on a very serious note for Illinois, because I don't wish bad on these. I don't. I lived in blue states. I really wish they would get their acts together. But if they can't, I don't blame people for leaving. A third of the outflow, Joe, is millennials. Now, you may say to yourself, well, why is that a problem? Millennials aren't your high earners. They're not. I mean, as a group, it's, you know, you're in your power earning years in your 40s and 50s. Hmm. Here's a problem, Joe. These millennials are younger kids that in their 20s are going to earn money, in their 30s are going to earn money, in their 40s are going to earn money, and then they're going to reach their power years, 40s and 50s, their high income where they're paying the most taxes and generating the most revenue for the state through their own uh, individual productivity. They're not going to be there for any of that. Not for their 20s, not for their 30s, not for their 40s, not for their retirement where they don't even demand government services anymore. They're not going to be there for any of it. People are leaving. Now, I get it. The comeback always, Joe, is the same thing every time. Well, that's not the only reason people leave. I know. (laughs) I know. Listen to me. If this is a legal case, let's Atticus Finch this for a minute, okay? I get it. I get it. Point stipulated, Your Honor. 
It is not the only reason people are leaving Illinois, Maryland. Not the only reason people are moving to Virginia for Maryland. Not the only people reason people are leaving California for Nevada. I get it. I understand that. What I'm telling you is your logic doesn't mean it isn't a reason at all people are leaving. You saying it's not the only reason doesn't preclude me from saying it's a big darn reason people are leaving. Those are mutually exclusive here, okay? People are leaving because of taxes. That doesn't mean nobody's leaving because of taxes, and it doesn't mean everybody's leaving because of taxes. Folks, what what part, I, I mean, this is what I don't get about liberals. Is this not trouble you that the places you live where you enact the very agenda you profess to believe in is driving people to run away from you? How do you explain this away that they're going to states? Oh, by the way, Florida, which is a generally red leaning state where they leave your guns and your wallet alone and there's no state income tax. That doesn't bother you at all. Do you ever like, seriously, I mean this for a second, do liberals ever engage in a moment of self-reflection and say, if our policies are so wonderful, why aren't people fleeing to our wonderful states? That, does that ever occurred to you? It's a serious question. I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Well, maybe a little. But I'm, I'm, I, I, it is a serious question, even if it was said quite sarcastically. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe, if, if I live in Florida, you, you can't. There's, they're building on every piece of dry land down here. I love it down here. Mm-hmm. If people started evacuating Florida tomorrow, and we have a generally conservative state, very friendly business-wise, very friendly to your gun rights. If there was a mass evacuation from Florida, like there's been from liberal states, I would genuinely be concerned, like, what's going on? What are we doing wrong here? I'm a homeowner. My kids go to the schools here. Yeah. Nope. No self-reflection at all other than, well, it's not the only reason. I get it. Again, no self-reflection at all. Very, very frustrating. All right, I got another... Uh, story here which is a doozy and another topic that comes up a lot in this show because it's very sensitive to me but before we get to that we've got our buddies at brick house nutrition uh i am really in love with their new product seriously i know they're a sponsor i get it um but you know foundation was always my favorite i love dawn to dusk but foundation was always my favorite product because you'll be a beast on it stuff is just amazing in the gym you're like a gorilla you go with the full-blown gorilla mode but I said to Brickhouse a while ago, Can I, I don't know if Miles, can I take a little credit for this, Miles? I know you listen to the show. I said, you guys have got to get a fruit and vegetable powder out there. You have to, because I am absolutely convinced the most important thing you can do is eat voluminous amounts of fruits and vegetables. I'm not a paleo guy per se, but I do believe this great, there's a great tenet to that. No, I always say to my daughter, no one I, I know ever got obese off apples and steak. Like it's impossible. You can't eat enough. When you eat natural foods, meats and rivet, not any processed junk, you're just going to be in better shape. You're going to be healthier and you're going to feel better. But folks, a lot of people don't have the time to eat boatloads of cherries and and blueberries and raspberries and kale and all of this other healthy stuff, these micronutrients that just do amazing things in the body. So what did they do? They created Field of Greens. This stuff is great. It is a it is a powder, a fruit and vegetable powder. I, here's what I put it in. I know you may think it doesn't sound good, but I think it's great. I use green tea. I brew it myself. I put some V8 in there and I throw the, a little bit of collagen 
and then I throw collagen powder, and then I throw a big, huge scoop of Field of Greens. I call it like a field of of, uh, of a field of greens. Some guy sent me an email called Field of Dreams. No, it's Field of Greens, not Field of Dreams. <laughs> it's not the Kevin Costner movie, right? So I put it in there. I drink it. It's wonderful. Please give it a shot. I'm a huge believer in this, the power of fruits and vegetables. Change your life. Go give it a shot. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. It tastes really good, too. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And you don't have to worry about eating your cherries, eating your raspberries, eating your blue blueberries, eating your kale, eating your spinach, eating all... I mean, it's great. I do that too. But this stuff makes it real convenient for you. Go give it a shot today. Please give me your reviews on it. I love this stuff. It's called Field of Greens. Go check it out. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right. Um, Jason Riley, who writes some wonderful stuff for the Wall Street Journal, uh, he happens to be black, which doesn't matter to me or any conservative, but matters always to the left that plays identity politics. And he writes often about issues that, uh, you know, revolve around race and school choice in America. And his pieces are wonderful. I've quoted them hundreds of times on this show. But he has a piece up at the Journal today about uh, an AP Associated Press. This is a, a uh, they're becoming a left leaning uh, press outlet hit piece done on charter schools where they blame uh Charter schools, Joe. For uh, I brought this up in in a in a a hit. I I don't want to say a hit, but a a rant I did on on Randy Weingarten, the head of the one of the teachers unions a while ago, for racial segregation, perpetrating racial segregation. These charter schools. Now, Riley Mm -hmm. writes about this is nothing new, and and here's the people always ask me where's the scam. Here is the the AP, the, the the core of the piece, Joe. All right. That there are charter schools that are largely black that don't match up to the demographic racial breakdown of the states they're in and sometimes the cities. Now, you may say, well, okay, well, I guess maybe their point is right that these schools are becoming racially segregated because they're, let's say, Joe, 95% black, but let's say the state is only 20% black. Now, Liberals, you can stop listening now because, again, this is where reason and rationality, facts and data come in. I know you're not interested in any of that. You're talking points over. Here's the actual analysis of what's going on for the conservatives and libertarians who are interested in the truth and the Democrats who are interested in reality. Where's the scam, Joe? Yeah. The scam is that those numbers marry up almost perfectly to the racial breakdown of the actual communities the schools are in. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. How did that happen? (laughs) So, in other words, although the state of Florida, I don't know what it is, 15% black, 20% black, it doesn't matter. The charter schools where these these non-public schools or public charters that are not subjected to union rules, a better way to say it in some cases, where these schools are located, are located in, in neighborhoods, some of which are largely black, which are struggling, which happen to be attended by, this is a shocker, Joe, wait for it. Black students who live in black neighborhoods in large numbers. <laughs> now, the great part about the Riley piece is he's like, hey, listen, people aren't taking this crap laying down anymore. There are now people who come from a lineage of civil rights activists. He quotes this one woman. Uh, what's her name here? Uh, Miss Wilkins. I don't see the. I, I took a screenshot of it because there's an important quote in here. Who comes from a lineage of civil rights activists. This is not a woman uh, 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 in any way short on credentials in the civil rights community who just filleted this AP report. 
She goes at the end of her piece. She's like, don't you dare say this is racial segregation. But here's a quote from her that just puts these people to sleep. She says, there is no comparison, none between the enforced segregation of the pre-Brown versus Board era and the choices black families make when they enroll their children in better schools, wrote Miss Wilkins. It's ludicrous to suggest the two are in any way similar. In fact, it's far closer to the spirit of Jim Crow to tell a black student that she has to go to her dismal neighborhood school because the better charter school up the street is not white enough to satisfy the defenders of the status quo. Yeah. All right. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right. You're darn right, Miss Wilkins. That's the way to rock and roll. So let's just say uh, for a second, first, we debunk the AP's nonsense. The AP's nonsense is that, oh, these are racially segregated schools. How? They're largely black schools in largely black neighborhoods. Oh, so you use the state numbers and the city numbers, not the actual neighborhoods these kids come from. That's a nice job. Well done. That's a solid, rigorous statistical analysis, you dopes. But secondly, she brings up a great point. That's the first thing that jumped out to me when I read the piece. What are you saying, Joe? Hmm. Even if that was accurate, even if the numbers were accurate, let's say the neighborhoods they come from, uh, these students were, I don't know, 20% black. Yeah. Not 95% or 90 or whatever it may be. And the school is 95% black. So what? Yeah. The parents picked that school. I mean, I don't understand. What are you saying? If if black children, I mean, I'm, I'm real. Joe, I'm serious. I'm trying to walk through what the liberal logic is here. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying that if black students aren't surrounded by white kids, they can't learn anything? <laughs> I. No, Joe, it's a, right? Is that not a legitimate question? What What are you saying? I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like what? What, what your point is? Your point is what? That keep in mind, Joe. The evidence that these schools and, and it, Jason Riley puts it in the piece. The evidence is quite clear that these schools are helping these kids out. That they're doing far better than the schools they came from. But what are you suggesting that the fact that they're not around a white kid that this is let, let's get some white kids in here. We need some. I mean, well, this is insane. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> I mean, that was the dude. That was perfect for the dude. That is. That's the logic. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's just like your opinion, man. There's no other way to say it. First, you lie about segregation. They're black kids in a black school in a black neighborhood. By the way, they picked the school. They weren't forced to go there. As if, by the way, the parents are too dumb to make their own decisions. Is that what you're saying? And then you're saying what? Because they're not surrounded by white kids. That, oh, they can't learn. They what, what? One, who's they? And what do you mean they can't learn? What are you talking about? Folks, <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up with this. This is the, what I'm not a huge George W. Bush fan, but he once said something about the soft bigotry of low expectations. I'm going to dispute that for a second. That's hard bigotry. It's not soft. It may be softer in its approach, a softer in its wording, softer in its rhetoric, but it's not soft. Assuming black families can't make proper choices for themselves because why exactly? You fill in the blank, liberals. I'm sure you have some reason why you'll disparage them. And then secondly, assuming black kids can't learn, 
even though the evidence says otherwise, if they're not surrounded by white kids, is really a pretty disgusting, horrible thing to say. But liberal, I've said it over and over. Not all, but a good majority of liberals are not soft bigots. They're hard bigots. They just won't tell you. They treat black families paternalistically like they need their, their help. Oh, we'll help you. We'll help. We've got this. We've got this, Mr. Black Man. I'll help you. Oh, voter ID. We do it. Uh, one more thing. There's a video out there. I don't know who shot it. Maybe Ami Horowitz or whoever. It was someone shot it. And they did these man on the street interviews. And they went to college campuses and talked to these snowflake kids, uh, white kids, by the way, about voter ID and watched the answers. Well, we know b- blacks are arrested a lot. And, uh, these are the an- I'm not kidding. These are actual answers. But, you know, blacks don't have access to the Internet. What are oh. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm done with it. I can't. I can't because it's and, and yet, yet, Joe, conservatives, yes, we're the racist party, assuming that black families are just as smart as everyone else and can make their own decisions. We're the racist. We're the mm-hmm. racist for saying that, for not treating black families different than you treat anybody else. We're the racist party. What a joke. Got to be kidding me. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, you got to laugh at these idiots. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please go to my website, Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I'll send you these articles right to your email box. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.